From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're getting closer and closer to the NBA postseason. And even though we're right on the cusp of the most important time of the year for the sport, I'm not sure any of us really knows which teams you can trust, particularly in the Western Conference. And that means it's the perfect time to bring in a playoff committee. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys know the drill. We apply the same rules as the NCAA football playoff committee. Uh, strength of schedule, who you've played, how you've played, uh, how you how the eye test, which has already come up in this one, uh, what we've seen from you at home, on the road, all of these things factor together into one lump conversation. So it's not just about the standings. It's about going through the voting process to figure out who, not just on the standings, but also based on all of those other factors, are truly the six best teams in the West. Triple eight, say ESPN. 888-729-3776. You know we'll let you chime in on this. We always will. Over the course of the year, I can promise you this. When we get to summer, we're going to be doing this about, you know, uh, video games and movies and every weird thing you could possibly imagine. We love doing the playoff committee. We love getting you guys involved. We started this last segment, and I thought, I thought it'd go pretty smooth. It did not. We got Denver as the top seed overall, right? So uh, that that's the one that only one we had a consensus on was Denver as the top seed. The Suns get the second seed. The Grizzlies get the third seed. That's where we are on that. Uh, I would like to point out Memphis. I love you, and I uh, absolutely object to the fact that it went that way. But it's not my job to interject my personal opinion, although I just did. So, uh, all right. So then we got Denver, Memphis. Phoenix. That led us to the four seed. And there was a great debate because as we went to break, some people were trying to put the Golden State Warriors in the four seed. And by some people, I mean Evan and Devin, even though they are hot garbage on the road, even though they're terrible on the road, even though Detroit, San Antonio and Houston are the only teams worse on the road, even though despite all of that, y'all still trying to put Golden State in at number four. Are you standing by that opinion now that you've had a minute to think about it? Let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> Harry, talk some sense into these men. Who do you got it for? I have the Sacramento Kings at number four. Thank you. I, I can't. I, the reason why I'm not putting the Warriors there is two things. Their road record. Um, but the biggest thing, in my opinion, is Andrew Wiggins in the absence of, uh, of him at the moment. If Andrew Wiggins was with this basketball team, I would honestly say I would probably have them in my top two at the, at the least three. But the fact that Andrew Wiggins has been missing for a very, very long time and they had the role debacles that they've been having this season, I have the Warriors not at four. I have the Sacramento Kings there. Let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Best of seven series, your house on the line, Warriors versus Kings. Who I'm, you take, I'm, ta- I'm taking the Warriors, but w- that's not the only thing we have to look at right now I, in I'm, this situation. I'm not it's taking a committee. the Warriors. Uh, if the, if, well, I am in if a Sacramento, series. If Sacramento has home court, I'm not taking the Warriors. You're talking about right now, Sacramento has a better home record. Uh, sorry, better road record. They have a better conference record. They score more points per game. Their opponent's points per game are about the same. This is not Sacramento in previous years. I know we like to laugh at Sacramento, but this is a good Sacramento team. I, I mean, they're 15 games above 500 right now, and the Golden State Warriors are 
three games above 500. Like, not, this has to matter. The the body of work of what they've done right now has to matter this season. I know we're not looking at the pedigree for the Warriors for la- for the last couple of years, their championships runs, but, like, that that – I just can't get that out of my head. Like, they're going to turn it up come playoff time. They absolutely are. But if that's going to be the the edict, then every year the college football playoff committee should just be like, well, Georgia and Alabama belong in, even if they Pretty don't. Much, yeah. And they don't. Like, there has to be some level of what have we seen this year. Look at the, look at the well, NCAA and, and, tournament. And, 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 and I like Sacramento, though, because uh, what De'Aaron Fox has been able to do, Sabonis, uh, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, they got him uh, from the Atlanta Hawks, Malik Monk, uh, I think it's Kessler, Edwards, or however you – whatever. I think I got the names mixed up. But Walker Kessler. I, Walker Kessler. There we go. Um, I really like this team. They're young. And the reason why I think Fitz, I would take them in a seven-game series against the Golden State Warriors is the experience factor. The Golden State Warriors have been there and done it. Now, when we're doing this rankings, I have them ranked higher than the Golden State Warriors, but that doesn't mean I'm going to pick them in a seven-game series against the Golden State Warriors. Well, the only reason I would pick them for sure in a seven-game series over Golden State is because they'd have home court advantage. And right now, I'm not sure Golden State could beat the fighting field Yates on the road. Uh, Sacramento, 2-1 and one head-to-head against – or sorry, Golden State 2-1 and one head-to-head against Sacramento. Now the two wins are at home, the one – Losses on the road. They do play in Sacramento next week. So Ooh. we'll get to see in that game if the Warriors could win that game. That would mean they'd be 3-1 and one this season against Sacramento, including one on the road. The other thing I would like to add is you keep talking about this road record and you keep saying, oh, what they are right now. Right now, Golden State has won two straight games on the road. One of those at Dallas, who Ooh. is we thought was a good team. And the other one was at Houston, obviously a team that's not great. But Dallas but isn't they a good have team. Won, but they've won <laughs> two straight on the road. That's the thing I look at. If we're looking at what they're doing right now, right now they are winning on the road and what the head-to-head. What have you head, done for me Golden lately? Golden State ahead of Sacramento. <laughs> okay, Bill Belichick. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Golden, uh, that, that does, none of that changes my mind. I just want it on the record that you you have the Kings winning in a seven-game series. Yes, 100%. Okay. Right. I, I, I no, will no, double I down on that. This. I hope we get I'm not this. taking if it we, that if far. We get, if we get Kings Warriors, we will place a nice tidy bet on this show in a seven-game series. If Sacramento has home court, uh, look, right. uh, let me be even even more clear on this. If the Warriors don't have home court, I'm not taking them to beat anybody in the first round. Well, no, 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 no. But so I got to pause you right there, right? Because if the game goes to seven, right, that means, well, let's just say hypothetically, you know, the home team will have to win four home games. Right. I, I, I'm not necessarily going to sit up here and say a team is going to beat the Warriors four times at home and the Warriors are not going to be able to win one of those games. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit up here and say that. I am. I, like, I, not I, in the playoffs. I, not I, in playoff basketball. I, I'm just going to keep every time Every time I have the opportunity to place a, a, a little wager on the Warriors on the road in the playoffs, I'm just going to bet against Golden State. That is right, my – Right now, we would get that matchup, by the way. The Warriors yeah. are currently the sixth seed. The Kings Ooh, are currently the three which seed. Which I'll right take now, all day. that's the series we would get. I'll take all day every day over the legs saying earlier <laughs> that there was a chance, you know, you could end up with the Kings taking on the Suns. That just feels wrong. The longest playoff drought in, mod, in, in uh, major professional sports – and it finally comes to an end, and you got to take on the Suns. That feels bad. Uh, so uh, you Number guys were outvoted. So we got Denver one, Memphis two, uh, Denver one, sorry, Phoenix two, Memphis three. We have Sacramento four. Harry, are you putting Golden State at five? Because that's what I the have, guys want. I have, I have the Warriors at five. I have the Warriors at five. I had the Clippers at five. I had the Clippers at five. I, I did. I had the Clippers at five. I don't trust the Warriors at all on the road. I just don't. You trust the Clippers more? But Paul George is injured. Yeah, I I know, I know. That's uh, but even through that process, the, the over the last ten games, the the Clippers are seven and three. They're seven uh, and in, three. In, in any moment, time. Kawhi could say, "You know what? I'm done. 
Or he can go down, like, at any moment. Well, I mean, at any moment, anybody could go down. I'll, I'll take Golden State. Right, I'll okay. take the L on that. I'll take Golden State at five. That's fine. You guys are passionate about Golden State. I'm not passionate about the Clippers. As a brand, I right, will so never be passionate about the Clippers. Well, six, that's who I have at six. You have the Clippers it's at the Clippers. six? Yep. Okay. Uh, do you guys agree with that? I can get on board with that. I just ah, – something about the Clippers. I, I do think if the Lakers played the Clippers in the seven-game series, I might I might lead in the Lakers, Ooh. honestly. Yeah, so this well, raises the question. That was, that was my debate, though. Like, I was, I was going back and forth between the Clippers and the Lakers. But here's what I said. I can't have the Clippers sitting where they are right now and the Lakers in the situation that they're in right now and put the Lakers over the Clippers. I just can't do that. Because there's a there's – a, there's a, potentially, the, the, the Lakers cannot – it's an opportunity. They won't make the playoffs. Yeah, is what I'm trying point. to say. That's a good point. Jeez. Uh, I just want to point out, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I just want to be that guy for a second in the committee room. Mm-hmm. Four straight wins. I'm just going to give you these four straight wins: a win in New York, a win over the Hawks, a win at Golden State, and a win at Sacramento. I'm talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. Like I know none of us like to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, but right now the seventh seed in the West is Minnesota. They've won four straight games against four quality opponents. Any love for the Timberwolves out there? Well, I I actually like where they are right now as a team, especially with Carl Anthony Towns coming back and, you know, playing at a very high level. Uh, Let me see a few more games from them, though. I want to see a few more games. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, We'll get to see that, obviously, uh, tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, They're taking on the Suns. So, Or no, that's tonight. Good that I know my days of the week. Uh, So Minnesota at Phoenix uh, tonight. So, uh, you guys, we want you to weigh in. Did we get this right? Did we get it wrong? Who are the top six teams in the Western Conference in the NBA? Top six teams in the NBA. Give us your thoughts, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We went Denver, then we went Phoenix, then we went Memphis, then we went Sacramento, then we went Golden State, then we went to the Clippers. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? You guys can weigh in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You get to join the committee on Fitz and Harry next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry. I'm scared of Howard the Duck, so I don't wait, want to wait, 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 wait. Howard the Duck you're scared of? Yes. Howard the Duck. Why, why would you possibly be scared of an adorable little huggable duck with a big backside? Because, man, I seen this, like, duck scary movie when I was a kid. And it was, I, all I can remember is it was, the duck was, like, evil. And it was, like, a truck, a big truck that the duck was in. And I used to have nightmares about it. So I never liked ducks from that point on. I'll give you a little credit on that, Harry. At the time, I questioned a lot of it. I rewatched some Howard the Duck lately. It's a weirder move than I remembered. Fitz and Harry on ESPN <laughs> Radio, the ESPN. I'm Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm not going to lie. I, I, just a weirder movie than I remember. You know, I'm in there uh, watching a little Howard the Duck, and I was like, man, I, I can see why this, uh, I mean, creepy, I don't know. But, you know, the one thing I could say with confidence is that you could outrun Howard, so you don't ever have to be scared. Like, again, with that big backside, like, ain't no way Howard's running fast. That's just, you know, just a little life 
life. I don't know why I felt like I had to jostle each way uh, on the backside portion of that. Now I've made America uncomfortable. Uh, we've made you guys a little uncomfortable with our, our rankings out there. Uh, we took the NCAA college football playoff uh, process to the committee for the Western Conference in the NBA. We decided the Nuggets are number one, the Suns number two, the Grizzlies number three, the Kings number four after much debate, the Warriors in at five, I still object, and then, of course, the Clippers in at number six. You guys can chime in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will let you continue to chime in on throughout the show uh, with your top six. You can let us know and join the committee. In the meantime, also, Harry, I, I thought there was an interesting quote yesterday I wanted to get your thought on, and it came from Kyle Shanahan. This is not the first time in the last 24 hours we've heard the 49ers organization speak out on Trey Lance. Remember uh, that John Lynch, the GM, said that it's presumptive after the way that Brock Purdy played last year that he will have a chance to come in and be the starter for the team. Kyle Shanahan, quote, I think it's going to be harder when talking about Trey Lance. I think it's going to be harder for him to win the starting quarterback job. Brock played eight games. Trey had that job going into last season, and if he would have played eight games like that, no one else would have been able to come in and beat him out. But with Brock being hurt, it does open him up. It does give him a chance. You think about what we're hearing right there, Harry, and now it's pretty definitive from GM and from coach that Trey Lance is clearly in the back seat, and that surprises me because, as Kyle Shanahan references, we know Brock Purdy's hurt. He's not even going to be available until, what, middle of August? So you're telling me the presumptive starter is the guy that won't even really be able to do much with the team until midway through preseason. That tells you there's a moat between where they see Brock Purdy right now and Trey Lance. Well, I don't have a problem with Kyle Shanahan saying this because Brock Purdy has earned the right on what Kyle Shanahan is stating right now uh, to everyone by making that statement. Now, here's another thing, another way that I'm actually looking at this. I'm looking at this as, you know, Kyle Shanahan seeing Brock, Brock Purdy um, is injured right now and he's not going to be ready to, to August. This is an opportunity for Trey Lance to have a fire lit behind him to get himself going as well. And there's nothing better to do that than your head coach coming out and saying these things about you or about your, the guy that you're going to be competing with, Brock Purdy, uh, saying that he's going to have the job. You have an opportunity right now, Trey Lance to change the narrative. They gave up multiple picks to move up and draft you at the quarterback position. It has not panned out. Trey Lance hasn't played a full season in not one, not two, but three seasons. He's been in the NFL for two years, but his last year when he was at um, – uh, what's the school again for me, Fitz? Help me out here. When he was at uh, what's the South, uh, North Dakota, North, North Dakota, Dakota State. Yeah. There you go. When he was out, when he was there because of COVID, he didn't have a season. He only played the one year. So now he has an opportunity to to go into spring ball, the off season, as the guy, right, to earn the trust of everyone, and also during training camp. But that's still something to be said that I don't know if he's gonna have that job because we've seen Brock Purdy in live action be a positive force for this football team when you think about trey lance i'll continue to echo this stat he's thrown less passes in college in the nfl combined than tom brady threw last year all right so that's just just giving a little perspective tom brady threw more passes last year than trey lance has since he left high school all right and so now you have kyle shanahan on tuesday also saying sam darnold will also get first team reps in training camp if i'm trey lance 
Harry, you and I are going to be covering the draft together on digital. Uh, yeah. Kenny and Carlin going to be doing a great job right here on radio. Every single pick of the draft will be covered for you on all the ESPN platforms. If I'm Trey, Trey Lance before the draft, I'm going to the organization and I'm saying trade me. Because the one thing I have to have, if I'm Trey Lance and want to have any shot at a real career in the NFL, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about contracts. I'm talking about That's just the easy sustaining. Way out though, he's, got, he's, got, he's got to find some place that will let him play. Like you're That's right. The, That's the easy way out, though. That's the easy way out. What what has he done to 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 play though? That's what I'm saying. But he hasn't done anything. But what can he do to play? I mean, that, at some point, if he's coming in well, healthy, number one, stay damn healthy. Well, I, I, he can stay healthy, hundred percent. But that's easier said than done, right? Like, I mean, that's it's not like it's his fault he's been injured in these games, and it's not like it's his fault that Brock Purdy went on a run. So if they're telling you, hey, Brock Purdy's two, the, here's number two, take advantage of the opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunity when it's presented to you. That's what Trey Lance hasn't done yet. But how many opportunities is he going to get if he's only going to play, you know, part of one preseason game? Well, damn, here's my thing. If you have one, shouldn't that be enough? If you have one, they moved up and drafted you third overall. Don't take the opportunities for granted. That's the mindset that Trey Lance has to have. Don't take the opportunities for granted because you don't know when you're going to get another one. It's the same thing, Fitz, when I was going through media. When I got opportunities, I was trying to take advantage of every opportunity I had because I didn't know when in the hell I was going to get another one. When I was freelancing back in 2019, that was my mindset. That has to be the mindset of Trey Lance. You have to take advantage of every opportunity, whether it's in practice, whether it's in preseason games, whether it's in the meeting room. That has to be his mindset moving forward. I don't disagree that has to be his mindset, but even when – I was the same way. I was getting every rep I possibly could when I was trying to switch over from music to media. But if a company had come in and offered me a full-time job – I would have taken that full-time job out of the gates if I could because it gives me the chance for the most reps and to show the most of what I can do. If you're Trey Lance and you're looking around and you're being told today that you're not going to be the starter and that the starter's not even going to be available until mid-August, no matter what you do, they put themselves in a situation where Brock Purdy is going to get that chance. I want to go somewhere where I can at least show the world what I can do. And if this organization is, and rightfully so, I'm not faulting the 49ers for moving forward. I think it's a credit to the way that they've drafted that they can blow a first round draft pick on Trey Lance and it's not even that big a deal like that's how good San Francisco has become I'm just if I'm Trey Lance looking around saying I want to at least be somewhere where I can get on the field enough to show the world that I can be a star and yeah I can get on the field in practice but you know other teams aren't going to see that I can get on the field for half a one preseason game is that going to have any meaning like I want to go somewhere where I can actually try and grow let me ask you this let's just say hypothetically you know Brock Purdy I don't want this to happen I'm just going through hypotheticals let's just say he has a setback and he can't start week one. Is that not an opportunity for Trey Lance? Of course it is. But is that go. a better opportunity than trying to go play somewhere else? Oh, my God, man. You can't always run from competition, man. It ain't always. Like that, it, but you but, can't. But, but, that's, but that's my thing, though. That's the problem with this generation. They want to run from team to team. I'm not getting playing time. I want to get traded here. How about you take advantage of the opportunity when it's presented to you? Yeah, but take advantage of that. The, he was drafted third overall, Fitz. Control the controllables. I can't control the fact that another quarterback went on a massive run. You, you want to tell me today for you because you, you're taking every rep you can possibly get, and because I, I believe you and I are both cut from the same cloth and how hard we, we work are. at everything we're doing. <laughs> you want to tell me that if one of our competing networks came over and said, "I'm going to offer you twelve million dollars a year to suddenly become the new Stephen A. for our network," that you wouldn't look at it and be like, oh, "I got to go do that." But like that's it's not, not that what you're a team is going to be. 
offering Trey Lance. They are not offering him that. Hell, even if they didn't offer that kind of money. But you want to know the difference offered, between you want to know the difference between me, Trey Lance, and me? I've gotten the reps. I've gotten the reps. But is it Trey Lance's fault that he's not going to get the reps right now? Like, he is healthy. He's he healthy going in. And they're telling uh, – yeah, but your GM and your coach have both come in in the last 24 hours and said, you can get the reps all you want, but this is Brock Purdy's job. He's earned that. Well, that ain't that ain't Trey Lance's fault. Like, all, all I want – I always used to say this when I was a fiddle player. Mm-hmm. I can't make a band need a fiddle player, but I can make damn sure that when they need one, they think of me. You can't make a team need a quarterback, but you can make damn sure that when they need one, you go seize that opportunity. But if San Francisco's not going to give you that opportunity, you got every right to try and find some place that will. I mean, you, at some point, you're trying to show the world you can actually play. The best avail- uh, ability is availability. Make sure you're available. And when you are available, make sure you take advantage of the opportunities, Trey Lance. That's my message to him moving forward. Yeah, I, we, we see this one different. My message is go find a place that will let you play and just try and find out if you can get on the field. It's and what it. if the same thing happens? Well, if the same thing happens, at least you did the best you could to control your own destiny instead of going somewhere <laughs> where you're fighting against not just your body they, and they your time. They drafted this man third overall. They gave up draft capital to go move up to number three and draft him. 100%. And they gave him the chance. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, But it's not his fault that Brock Purdy, he got hurt. Brock Purdy came in and took you. Like, you know this as well as anybody. We've been saying this constantly you can't hold Lamar Jackson down because he tore his PCL I'm not going to hold Trey Lance down because he injured himself like there's no difference here if, if Lamar Jackson wants to go and play somewhere else where he can get more opportunity where he can get respect where he can do what he wants I'm not going to hold an injury narrative against him if Trey Lance guy, wants to do the same thing why would I not do that but the guy that they saying is going to be the starter is injured right now so now is an opportunity to show everyone you can have that job that you're cut for. Only if you think the organization is going to give you a fair chance. All right, uh, we'll keep breaking it down. We'll keep debating it, obviously. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. We're going to bring a draft expert into this conversation, plus why one NFL owner says money isn't the real issue for Lamar Jackson. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. It's my favorite event of the year. Not going to lie, I'm going to say this over and over again. My favorite sporting event of the year. Over the Super Bowl, over the finals, over March Madness, over all of it, is the NFL Draft. And as we've been telling you almost every day here, and I'll continue telling you all the way up to the draft because we're damn proud of it, Harry and I will be part of a mega team 
covering the draft for digital this year. It is a stacked roster of great people. I cannot wait to give you all the details, but I can tell you, you will see every pick go down live as it happens with us on all the digital platforms. Uh, really excited for what we're going to do for the draft. And excited now to bring in Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. I say this all the time with Matt, and I'll tell you guys, if you're used to listening to Todd and Mel, keep doing that because they're legends and they're great at what they do. Uh, we've got a couple of guys here that, that are. I think a lot of the audience is getting to know. Matt, watching your star rise over the course of the last couple of years has been incredible. Seeing how much run you're getting all over the place right now is wild, and I cannot wait to see you work during the draft. So now that I've said all of those flowery things about you, we were just having a passionate conversation about Trey Lance and if he should demand a trade uh, with a Brock Purdy situation. I want to play out a little bit of an understanding game here in your mind if Trey Lance the way he was viewed when he came into the draft was among this year's draft class where would he rank that is a great question uh also the checks in the mail thanks for the kind words mm-hmm. uh I would say guys he's not going to be with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud okay they are on a level they would have been like right below Trevor Lawrence in that 21 draft so they would have been better than Zach Wilson uh, they probably would have been on, on par with where I, like, I had Justin Fields as QB2. They would have been right in that mix. So I think with Trey Lance, he would be very similar to Anthony Richardson. I've made this comparison on TV before. They both started about 13 games in college. They both threw under 400 passes in college, but we were enamored with the physical tools. So I think you're getting a, a similar type grade from both those guys. I would say ahead of Will Levis. Because, you know, a little bit older, had to transfer, body of work was super inconsistent. And I think with Trey, Lance, and Anthony Richardson, the unknown helps. Because you haven't you haven't seen two, three, four years of tape where you could say, oh, man, well, you know, he threw 13 interceptions this year. You only see, you know, kind of the floor, and you, you are left to imagine the upside. Now, Matt, i got to ask you, what is Lance's value in terms of draft picks for quarterback needy teams versus taking one in this year's draft? Man, that Harry, that is, I think, what we're all trying to figure out, especially after it all comes up like, hey, Brock Purdy's our guy. And you've got, you know, columns being written in San Francisco about the fact that they really have become disillusioned with Trey Lance, is, is probably the best word for it. So, I, he's not, you're not getting a first round pick for Trey Lance. Not going to happen. He had two years, he hasn't played. Uh, he's coming off a, a significant injury. Uh, and also, because he was a first round pick, there's only two more years on his contract. Now, they are very affordable but there's only those two years left. I would think the conversation's probably more like a third-round pick. I haven't talked to any teams about this to get a, hey, what would you trade for Trey Lance? So that's my, that's be spitballing, you know, of what would you trade? But, you know, if you're the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson is going to force his way out of there, then I, I think logically Trey Lance is somebody that you can bring in to compete with Snoop Huntley who is you know to be he's not as fast as Lamar, definitely not, but you know, Trey's best trait coming out of North Dakota State was played a pro style offense and man, he could run the ball and the passing was kind of a work in progress. So I think you could at least have him in a scheme that's gonna be similar to what he did at North Dakota State. We're talking to Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst on Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. So let's uh let's go to the Colts here. Colts are sitting at the fourth pick. So you know, I'm going to presume that quarterbacks, the, the top two quarterbacks are off the board at one and two. If you're the Colts and you have to give up a ton of equity in the future to get Lamar Jackson or sit there and take whichever quarterback is available, which would you do? I'm taking I'm going after Lamar Jackson. This is the easiest, like fastest no brainer for me. And I think like 
I heard you, Fitz. I love the draft as well, obviously. It's what I do for a living, cover the draft, and I love it. But I think the thing that we forget sometimes, and we just saw the Los Angeles Rams win a Super Bowl because they remember this, draft picks are not guarantees. They're not. Even the number one overall pick, not a guarantee. Uh, look back at the years where there have been two quarterbacks drafted in the top two. Like logic and history say that really only one guy works out most of the time. So as, as fun as it is to break down these prospects and to think about who they can become and project that ahead, it's still you know a complete crapshoot, basically, of if these guys are going to work out. So I look at Lamar Jackson, 26 years old, MVP. Yes, he's coming off you know the, the PCL injury. But, you know, I think a lot of that was Baltimore put him in a position where he had to be Superman. So if I'm the Colts, I'm going to say, hey, listen, we got Michael Pittman Jr. We've got Jonathan Taylor. We've got Quentin Nelson. Like, we've, we've got the pieces where you don't have to be Superman. You can be your dynamic self. We're going to surround you with the weapons to win. In Baltimore, to me, it felt like what they did was say, we've got Michael Jordan. We don't need to surround him with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. They just said, we're going to pay on defense, and we're going to let Lamar be Lamar on offense. I think what is best for him moving forward is someone like a Chris Ballard uh, to say, no, man, we're going to get you some weapons. We're not going to make you go be a guy who's running the ball you know, 200 times a year. We want to make you a quarterback first who can then run to create plays. So, Matt, if the Ravens got the fourth pick from the Colts, what quarterback in your eyes did you think would fit best in Todd Munkin's offense? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's, it's, this is Todd Monk's office. Things are going to be changing, right? I would think that Will Levis probably fits better than Anthony Richardson, but um, we'll see how much of an impact John Harbaugh and how much of an impact the, the personnel dictates things. You know, it could all look different in August than we think it will look right now. But I would think, you know, from what Munkin did, especially in the college game, you know, he, there were times where there were guys who were more of your traditional pocket passers. You know, there, there was definitely mobility involved, but – I, I do think you're looking at a situation where it could be a, okay, like we want to win from the pocket. We want a timing based pro style offense. I think Levis fits that better. Um, he's also, if you trade Lamar Jackson, I don't feel like you can draft a quarterback who then you're going to say, now nah, this guy has a weightier to play because he's, he's so inexperienced and we're ironing out some mechanical things. I, I think if you trade a, an MVP, a face of the franchise, the, the guy you get as his replacement better be ready to get on the field right away. Real quick here, tomorrow, Florida, Anthony Richardson's pro day, part of that. Uh, what are you looking for from Richardson? Yeah, I just want to see the continued development of his lower body mechanics. That's, you know, the only thing, quote unquote, wrong with Anthony Richardson is he needs coach. He needs time to drill that, hey, my hips got to go where my feet go and my shoulders got to, you know, he's got to line things up so that he can hit the free throws and the layups so that we can see the deep ball because. You know, I mean, he. there's nothing he can't do. It's just a matter of learning to do it consistently. We saw, I think, a lot better mechanics at the Combine. Would love to see those again tomorrow because I think that just continues to push him up the board. Okay, I said real quick, but i got to ask you a follow-up. I'm not supposed to. I'm blowing up our <laughs> clock. Uh, this is very simple, Matt. You know me. All right, so uh, I'm, I'm presuming that Stroud and Young are off the board. I'm sitting there. I'm watching the Raiders. I'm sweating it out. Uh, that you know the remaining quarterbacks. What's my best? What's my best hope as a Raiders fan? Levis, Richardson, or wait and hope that somehow you get into the Hendon Hooker sweepstakes. Oh man! Because you have Jimmy, I would say um, Richardson at seven or wait for Hooker. I, I just to me like you draft Levis to play right away, not to be behind Jimmy. So 
But, you know, y'all need a lot of other things, too. You need a corner. You need offensive line help. So <laughs> it might be better to, you know, grab a corner at seven. What, what, what are we, this, uh, Hooker uh, how does this turn into Mike Tyson's punch out? You're just taking all the hits. One more. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. I, I, thank you so much, Matt. We really appreciate you coming on. Love and spending the, No, thanks for hanging out, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> thanks, guys. Oh, Matt uh, reminded me that uh, I'm just going to need to drink so much. I'm burying alcohol. them. I'm going to um, bury them. <laughs> Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Does someone else deserve the blame for Lamar Jackson's injuries? I'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You guys can chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. Again, listen close. 888-729-3776. A lot of confusion sometimes on the phone number. Triple eight, say ESPN. We're sitting here getting ready to have a Lamar conversation, and one of you guys came up with an angle on it that we want to discuss. So let's go to Eddie in Illinois. Eddie, what's your take on who's to actually blame for the injuries of Lamar? Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, Well, I think it's interesting that no one's really talking about how the coaches have been asking him to run and obviously been causing more injuries to Lamar because of his running or at least could be potentially causing more uh, injuries to him because of his running. And it seems strange to me that everyone's holding him accountable for his injuries when really it's, you know, the coaches calling the plays. It's not Lamar. So why does he get all, you know, why does he get all the blame is kind of my question slash statement. Eddie, thanks for the call. Harry, you're the former player in this. How much uh, do you think the coaches, uh, how much blame do you think the coaches take in this situation? Well, everyone has to take uh, a blame in it and be a part of it because I don't think it's necessarily necessarily the plays that they were calling. I think you asked Lamar to do so much as a quarterback. And you asked him to go out there every single week and be Superman, be be a hero, and be that guy uh, to the point to where, you know, Lamar Jackson is doing any and everything. And that's when you've seen some of the turnovers late in games because he's trying to do so much because he has to do so much because of the lack of what is around him. So I put a lot of that on the front office and also the coaching staff as well. But, you know, everyone plays their part in this whole ordeal. So I'm not just going to sit up here and say uh, blame Lamar. Well, first of all, I'm never going to blame Lamar for being injured. He got hurt inside the pocket. Like, so what? what I'm not going to be the person to sit up here and say Lamar Jackson is the reason why he got hurt. Or a lot of people think because of his playing style, that's how he got injured in 2022 with his PCL. He got hurt inside the pocket. So we got to make sure we remember that before we think Lamar Jackson was scrambling on the sidelines and downfield making up a, a miraculous run. Remember, he got hurt inside the pocket. And that's where the PCL, excuse me, injury came from. Yeah, I want to double down on that for a second because Rob Ninkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, said this this morning about Lamar and his tweeting. Lamar, stop tweeting and stop putting three letters out there, PCL. Just don't even talk about the injury in the past. Don't even talk about your PCL because these teams, when you start bringing it back up, they're like, well, he had a PCL. He's even talking about his PCL. He'd rather have 100% PCL. What was it? 75% PCL? Like, stop 
tweeting about the injury stuff. Like, please, because that is what these teams hold against every player. Any type of history of injury, they're going to hold it against you. And, I, and you just l- listen to Arthur talk about the injury history and not being there. Like, that is the stuff that these teams and these owners want to hold against the players. So if I was in Lamar's corner, if I was with his group, I'd say, Lamar, tweet all you want. Don't bring up anything about any injury. Anything. No PCL, no ACL, no ankle, nothing. This might be, Harry, one of, I think, Nink's worst takes. And I say that as somebody, I'm a huge fan of Nink. No, I agree. I agree, though. Let me ask you something. How stupid do we think NFL teams are? Like, how stupid do you have to think your favorite team is that Lamar tweeting about an injury would override, I don't know, looking at the film of how the actual injury went down? You're telling me that a team is going to sit there and they're going to look at the film because they should if they know what they're doing. They're going to look at the player because they should if they know what they're doing. They're going to talk to their doctors because they should if they know what they're doing. They're going to have all of this conversation, and then they're going to see a tweet, and it's going to, well, you know, we really do got to consider that PCL injury. How stupid do we think NFL teams are? Because I refuse to believe that they're incompetent enough that a tweet about an injury would change the way they see a player. Good God, we need to stop pretending that NFL teams are incapable of doing very basic skills, and sometimes these takes make me feel like that's what we're well, pursuing. I, I would say this. Whether he tweets about it or not, they're going to they're try to hold it against him regardless. Right! Whether he tweets about it or not. So I don't think him tweeting about the PCL injury and, and, and saying his piece um, on that injury and, and why it occurred and his whole nine, I don't think that's going to say, oh, man, or alert teams that, you know what, Lamar Jackson is tweeting about his PCL we need to hold that against them. They're doing that right now. That's the nature of the National Football League regardless. I mean, do They're going to th- hold injuries against you any chance they got. Whether you tweet about it, whether you talk about it, whether you, whether you tell your cousin, whether you tell your brother. <laughs> it don't matter. They're going to hold it against you regardless. I- I'm imagining Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard sitting down with Shane Steichen and they're sitting there and they're like, oh, should we add, should we add Lamar? Maybe we should make Lamar an offer. And then you pull up Twitter and you're like, oh, yeah, forgot. <laughs> PCL injury. He put the PCL injury up here, guys. Never mind. I forgot about the injury. My bad. Like, this is just wild to me. The amount of leaps, not just jumps, leaps we are making in the logic in these conversations about Lamar is absolutely maddening to me. So, with that being said, the question is, one other angle that we need to consider about Lamar. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 